I am good. I am good. Just drinking some water. Just got off one um, interview. Uh, this is my third for the day. Why you do so many a day? Because I'm I'm not able to do them during the week. Okay. So okay. I try to get as many as I can in. I have one more after your show, then I'm done for today. But before we get started, I like to um, welcome everybody to the show. Again, today is March the 6th of 2021. I have to let the people know that I believe in six degrees of separation. It has proven itself since I started the show. Um, Also, I believe that we're one person away, one advice away, one help away from where you need to be, want to be. Um, And also, I let you guys know how I know the person that I am talking to. So... Um, we are now talking with um, Angela Caldwell, whom I've known, whew, it has been some years. <laughs> I was a yeah. teenager when I met Angela. Um, the church that I was going with at the time was Wayside Missionary Baptist Church. The late um, Reverend D.N. Ford was um, my pastor, and um, she was... Um, Basically in the family, as we'll say. And um, my friend, my big sister, Tawana Bell, well, Tawana Bell now, um, they were friends. And they were a part of the late Chris Jones um, singing group. And um, I love, Chris Jones was so funny. If you guys ever met him, he was hilarious hilarious and but he loved God and he um he had a a singing group like I said and um they came out with an album I was there when they came out with the album um they were out um promoting the song the songs there was so many people out there that was a part of that group that are now doing really great things um, ministers, um, you name it, they're doing it. Um, and Angela is now, um, has been for a while, um, a first lady. Uh, your, um, your, your video is, there you go. Um, she's a first lady now. Um, and she is a very successful, um, woman of God. And I, I love her. I've seen, I've watched her videos. I've watched her um, get the, the new cars, the, the new keys every year. <laughs> and um, she has successful children, her husband. I'm like, please, you know, teach the young women, Lord Jesus, how to uh, do what she do. Um, and I want to talk to her about um, the balance, the balance of life the balance of carrying the oil that she carries because you can't do, I promise you, you can't do what she do if you're not anointed to do it. Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. So we're going to say welcome Miss Angela, Mrs. Angela Caldwell to the show. What do you have to say, first lady? Oh, God. So I guess first, let me just say thank you for um, thinking enough of me to have me on today. Um, It's definitely an honor. I don't take it for granted um, because there are many successful women of God who are doing amazing things in this season. Um, Some of them I'm very close to um, who are doing amazing things in the kingdom. And so um, it's just an honor to be here with you today. Can I say I'm super proud of you for stepping out and doing something um, that you feel like can help the people of God and something that you maybe have had in your spirit for some time to do. And you've gone ahead and stepped out and you're doing it and it's successful and it's amazing. So thank you for having me. Um, what can I, what can I say today? Whatever I can say today to help. Um, I'm here for it. So again, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so I think there was, well, we're going to start with uh, helping those who have maybe dealt with loss, a major loss. Um, I know dealing with loss in the way you have lost, um, 
it's a uh ooh, it can be very challenging <clears throat> um mm-hmm. where you feel like you know why me you know um why did i have to carry this um or feeling like life is over um and i i need you to you know help not just the women but men have to go through it too Absolutely. um of dealing with that and then how the lord turned that thing to you know how you're dealing and moving now so um can you start with that first Woo! so we start in the heavy place yes um, the heavy place first <laughs> so can i first say to um those who have suffered and we all have suffered loss of some sort um can i say to those who have suffered um loss that has just been very uh traumatic for you and seems like and, and just even those who are currently doing it and those who have lost in the past and it seems like you can't get past it can i say to you that there is no time limit on grieving um there is uh no time where somebody says when you breathe long enough it shouldn't hurt anymore uh, can i say to you it always hurts can i say to you that you actually just learn how to deal with it you learn how to cope with it um, what I do know, and I posted the scripture today, um, is, the, is, is, and the peace of God, uh, which surpasses all understanding. And we all know that scripture will guard our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus. God can give you a peace, but I think that we have to allow him to. Um, I think sometimes we, we get into an argument or wrestle with God when we lose people because we don't understand why. We don't understand why at this time. And I think that uh, a lot of times we block God out of the dynamic because we feel like he could have did something about it. Right, um, right, if right. they were like me, I prayed and I believed and I stood in faith and I just knew that God was going to do something different. And when he didn't do what I needed him to do, I went to him with this laundry list of, you know, why didn't you? And I could think I prayed and I've had faith and I did everything you told me to do. And so I think at the end of the day, um, it's about getting to that place where God can give you the strength to keep to keep going. Um, you will have days where you don't want to get out of the bed. You will have days where you won't. You will have days where, you know, um, you don't think you can make it and you look up and there's another day. And and it's at those times, it's, it's, it reminds me of that uh, poem or that that is not even a poem. I want to say it's more like a, a, a liturgy of footprints when um, it says, you know, when I looked up and I only saw one set of footprints, is that those moments, even when you try to kick God out, that he still picks you up picks and carries you, up, you up. anyway. And um, those those are the, the things that I think I want people to know the most is that God is not going to leave you even when you're mad. His shoulders are big enough to carry um, you being mad at him. And then at the end of the day, that you have to end up turning to the very person that you didn't want to talk to. Mm. And that's God. And, and, and I just know that um, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I could quote every scripture to you, but, but I know for a lot of people, I don't know if they were like me. I didn't want to hear scripture. I already knew the scripture. I didn't want to hear scripture. I didn't want to hear, uh, you know, all this stuff. I just was like, you know, what? just leave me alone. I know the scripture. I don't want you to quote the scripture to me and God can handle all of those things. But it's at that, those moments where he understands and he gives us grace through those situations, through those pains. And he heals us up all while we fussing. He heals us up all while we think we're pushing him away and we're not accepting his help. Um, his, his Holy Spirit resides in us once we accept him. And it does not vacate the premises just because we're mad at him. Mm. And so I just want to say to you that, you know, even though you don't think you can make it, even though the pain seems more prominent than the peace, even though, you know, you're in a hurtful place and and this loss is so huge to you. When I lost my daughter, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I did not think I was going to make it. I stayed in my bed. I was depressed. Um, I didn't understand. And and I wasn't ready to hear the answer that the Lord gave me right at that moment. When we get to asking uh, God why, Angel would have been three years old. She died two months before her third birthday. Actually, okay. three months. She died April 22nd. Her birthday was July 1st. And so she would have been three years old. And so losing an almost three-year-old daughter that you've been bonding with, taking care of, and the house with, dressing, combing hair, doing all of these things. I mean, it was a gut punch. And so... Um, I don't care how old your kid is, though. Uh, pain is pain. Yeah, loss yeah. is loss. 
And even if it's a mother or a father or husband or whomever um, it is, it is a very hard place. And let's just be real here. Uh, we could talk about Jesus, preach Jesus, preach the cross, preach what God is going to do and all of this peace and all these things. But when you're going through it, you don't feel none of that. Some of us, I'm going to say none. Some of y'all, you know, maybe you walked through it with right. you did it. And hey, God bless you. But I'm going to tell you for me, um, it was a very traumatic experience. Um, and I, the thing that kept me was I, the Lord said to me, you got to live, you got to live. I have the children. And so I had to live. And so I could not die on my other family members. I just talked to somebody recently and I'm going to be done, um, who lost her mom. And she was telling me about how depressed she was and how she is shut down and how she didn't want to live. And her husband just felt helpless. And he's a great husband. I mean, he's there for her. He does for her. He's a wonderful husband. And I said to her, I said, I understand that you're going through pain and I don't understand your pain. Even if it's somebody who's lost a child too, I still don't understand their pain because I'm not them. We all have pain in our own way and we deal with it in different ways. And so I said to her though, always remember that your the pain that you're feeling you don't want to give it to somebody else because you don't want to live because somebody else died. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, we have to remember that it's other people who need us, love us, all of those things. And I just want to encourage you, if, you, if you're suffering a loss or you suffered a loss, allow the process to take its perfect course and allow God to give you peace throughout the process. That that's that's the best answer I can give. What 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 do you do about like say like my dad's anniversary, no, his birthday is this month mm. um, on the 12th mm. and you have your anniversary and you, I think for me, I tried to play the day off like, no. And I know recently, you know, it was a time where um, you had posted about this is the anniversary of her, you know, her passing away. And uh, I was like, yeah, I know that too, you know, in that moment. And I don't want to go through years of when that day comes you know you go back to it you know what i'm saying like okay i felt like i was over it but here comes the anniversary so what what do you do or what do you say to a person who's dealing with you know that emotion of um the anniversary's coming up their birthday's coming up or you know how, what do you do or who do you, what do you say to that so i would say don't run from the realness of your pain uh, we try to mask pain, uh, and that pain manifests itself in uh, manifests itself in other ways in our lives: sickness, um, stress, uh, heaviness, depression. Because we're trying to cover up the natural emotions that God gave us to deal with what's real. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't don't run from it. Face it. Look at it. And if you have to cry this year, guess what? Cry. What, why wouldn't you? If you need to go to the cemetery, go. If it's an urn or however you, you know, disposed of, of the remains of your loved one, stop running from the realness of your pain. Your pain is real. It's not to be discounted. And those who don't understand, that's on them. This is about our true healing. And most of us cannot heal. Thus, it ends us in relationships we were never meant to be in. It ends us in friendships that we were never meant to be connected to. It ends us in doing, making decisions that were never meant to be made because we have not healed. And so unhealed people are unhealthy people. Mm. And, and, and when we're unhealed, we're unhealthy. And because we're unhealthy, we seek things that we think will bring healing to the pain. But actually what it does is bring further pain. Wow. Because most folks who ain't healed up seek other folks that's sick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And we end our we end up in these situations and we wonder how. Well, it's because of the issues that we keep burying and that we won't deal with. Wow. That's a word right there. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's just real. I mean, we we are great runners. We are great runners. Pain presents itself and we take off. And, and, and of course, nobody wants to feel pain. But can I say that pain is part of the process of life? And it is pain that will get us to where we need to go. It's pain that causes us to birth babies. You know, and so we run from the pain, but pain is part of the process. It's just part of it. It's what 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 the Lord uh, put in place when we suffer loss and we run from that pain and then we mask it. 
And then we learn to deal with it. And as we deal with it, we really, and when I say deal with it, I don't mean actually deal with it. I mean, we put it in the inside and we hold it in and then we implode. And then that day when you explode on somebody and you don't know where it came from and they don't know where it came from. And it's all because of the unhealed issues that we've kept on the inside of us that we refuse to deal with because the pain of it is so much. But if you just allow God to take that pain with you, he don't ask you to carry it by yourself. He said, lay it aside. Bring it to me. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Let me carry it. It's too healthy. It's too healthy for you. But we won't want to do that because we we think that pain makes us a punk. Wow. Mm. And the truth is, the pain of it all is what's going to take you to the place of healing that you need to get to. And it's just it's just what it is. Wow. I had never paid attention to that. So deal with the day to answer your question. Deal with the day. Don't try to run from it. Look up. Think of some good memories. Journal. Go to the cemetery. Whatever it is, do something that helps you to recognize the pain to deal with the realness of it. If you want to cry, cry. If you don't want to cry, don't make yourself cry. But however, face it, don't run away from it. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do certain things just on the basis of um, trying to be strong for other people, like my mom. So I it took me a long time to grieve my father's passing because I was you know, concerned, trying to be strong for my mother. But, you know, everybody, my siblings, all of us took it away differently. I shut down where my sister embraced. And Mm -hmm. so now it's like, okay, now I have to, I'm okay. I'm better now that, you know, I'm not taking a day as, oh, Jesus, I'm going back to, you know, feeling that day when I got the call. It's not like that. But yet and still, I'm like, okay, God, I understand. I'm better now. He's um, he's in a better place. And yes, I miss my dad. You know, I just recently got married and I would have loved for my dad to actually walk me down the aisle and, you know, those things. And my husband's father, same thing. So we had our mothers there, but we neither one of us had our fathers. And so it was like the icing on the cake would have been if my father, if our fathers were there, Absolutely. but we didn't. But at the same time, God like mended us together on another level where we were able to pour into each other in the same missing of our fathers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when that time came for his death anniversary, I was there for him to, you know, get it out. And for me, you know, my dad's birthday is on the six days from now and it's like okay now I'm getting myself prepared for -hmm. whatever that day may come I might just be like I don't feel like it I just don't I don't feel like being sunshine today and like you said it's okay I I wouldn't want it you know that moment to pass and not recognize this is my dad's birthday if he was here I would have been you know, yeah. making preparations, going to get him a caramel cake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he liked that day for his birthday. Um, and so if I would have been in the magazines or going to the mall, finding him a new transformer um, truck because he collected items. And so I would have been going to get him another G.I. Joe or something. Right. And those things uh, takes another um, level now that I know he's not here, but yet I'm smiling when I hear Earth, Wind, and Fire play on the radio because my dad, (laughs) that was his favorite. And so now it's like, okay, I go get Earth, Wind, and Fire and I play it all day. Yeah. So I respect him in that way. So I thank you for even allowing, you know, to tell me that it's okay if that day, hey, I just, hey, I ain't feeling it. And it's okay. It is. I would have condemned myself like, no, you still got to live but no, I still have to deal with the pain that I miss my daddy. And there's nothing wrong with it. And don't let anybody make you feel like it is. Wow. That just helped me. Volumes. Yeah. Don't let anybody make you feel like it is. You you are living. You do have to live and you are living. But you do still get to recognize those moments that make you uncomfortable. You mm. still get to recognize those moments that, you know, bring pain to you. Because it's still a real thing that on this side, you don't have your father. Right. right. That's a hurtful truth. 
even for people who didn't have a relationship with their dads. Right. It's still a truth. Right. And so at the end of the day, do what you need to do to allow yourself to go through the process of it all. So for you, I know, um, I'm not sure the process of where um, your husband came in to the healing process. Um, but I know uh, there was a moment I was talking to my husband last night about this. I said, I was depressed and didn't realize I was depressed about different things. I had been divorced and dad passed away. You know, my dad was my best friend. So I didn't have him to talk to about this situation. And my husband came in and I say, he got me out of Lullabar, picked me up, cleaned me up. You know, like they said, some, um, how it goes another man's junk trash is another man's treasure treasure. Mm -hmm. so he began to value the treasure that was me the gift and so my husband has been the the counterpoint of me being able to be sunshine on a whole nother level and smile and really smile and really mean it um with god's help of course is um, I'm a different person now than I was 16 years ago. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So now I need you to go into that moment when you got married and your life began to actually before you got married, where life really got to change, where even through this, uh, this tragedy with your daughter and life began to happen all over again. How did you get from, you know, burying your daughter to, okay, like you said, I have to live life for my other children now. How did you, what's the process in that? Because everybody wants to talk about the beginning and the end, but they never talk about what's in the middle. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that uh, when Angel passed away, um, it was not long thereafter that Thanksgiving, I believe that her dad left. Um, me, um, and I, I, I am not one who will publicly have a whole uh, bashing segment on my ex. Um, what I will say is that we were both not in a place of maturity, and we connected wrongly. Um, you know, when you're young and you looking at, you know, you were attracted by vision, visuals, and you're attracted by these things. And then furthermore, we were just not equally yoked. Let's just start there. Um, and we both knew better. But we ended up married. And, you know, with that being said, if you if a person is visual for you and they ain't mature, they're going to be visual for somebody else. And so um, he left and um, which further took me into a deeper hole. And what I did not realize is that God was connecting, disconnecting the whole dynamic. Basically, he was saying, it's not going to be anything left of this because I have need of you. And mm-hmm. if I leave you connected to this, then you won't be who I designed you to be. Yes. So I'm going to clear the table. I'm going to remove every ounce of it from you. And so at the end of the day, um, what I love is the fact that um, God is strategic, even when he knows it's going to cause us pain. Causes pain, yes. And um, I went through so much depression. I lost, I had, I was already small, but I lost some more weight. Um, and I actually, I did not realize why I was actually losing physical weight. I lost spiritual weight as well. Mm. Um, and I decreed that I never wanted to be married to anybody else. I wasn't looking for no husband. I ain't want no husband. I ain't want to do with no joker. I was good, right? And so um, I, I called myself going to date. That didn't work because um, I was just going to date and have friends. And that was just going to be it. But I wasn't trying to be married again. And um, the Lord, um, I, he had his own plan because I promise you, let me just say this here. Uh, I didn't want to be a first nothing, a first lady, a first nothing. You understand? Yeah. I was trying to just be me. Um, at that time, um, I was called to ministry in the midst of the dash, in the middle. Um, I was in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the divorce, in the middle of it all. Um, God calls me to preach. Are you serious right now, sir? Um, so then I'm at another place and I'm like, you calling me? Because I know you're not calling me because you got to be kidding, right? 
And then the Lord had me start a women's ministry. So I start this women's ministry. I mean, I actually looking back, I feel like I was all over the place because I was feeling like I was done with this marriage piece. And I had had the women's ministry like near the end of uh, Angel's life and my marriage and stuff. And um, I was feeling like I was all over the place. And I, and I really wanted to make sure that I wasn't starting ministry out of pain as opposed to doing it because God actually called me. Because a lot of times we think that the pain of it or the situation is what means we need to go do ministry. And it may mean that, but it don't mean you need to start a church, become a pastor or do none of that. It means you might need, you need to heal and then help people who was in right, the same right. struggle you was in. Right. And so, um, I had this women's ministry and women were coming and I was fighting with that because pastors didn't want their women to come because they were saying I was starting the church. It was just so much drama. It was just like the devil was just like, like, I mean, it was blows coming from everywhere. And so, and I'm laughing now, but back then I was like, what is going on? And so, um, I, I mean, I was pushing through pain. I was trying to heal from my daughter. I was trying to heal from my divorce and, I mean, it had been literally, literally almost three years um, before I met my current husband, literally. Um, and even when I met him, I didn't meet him on this on the scenario of us hooking up or none of that kind of stuff. Because um, I told you I was done. D-O-N-E, done with a capital D. Didn't want no husband. Had been married prior to that. I was straight. You understand me? I ain't have to have another nothing. And so fast forward. Um. My husband and I, you know, we finally, we date and all of those types of things. I still ain't trying to be married. Okay. And um, fast forward, we get married. I'm in shock still because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a whole wife. (laughs) I'm a whole everything I said I didn't want to be. Right. Right. And, but the funny part of it is everything I didn't say, everything that I said I didn't want to be, I was already was. But I was, the Bible says it this way. Um, he who findeth the wife. Finding a good thing. So what we don't realize is when the man finds us, he ain't looking for a woman. He looking for a wife. He ain't looking for just, you know, anything. He looking for the characteristics of a wife. Right, and I right. was already that, but I needed to be cultivated. I needed to be healed. I needed to be uh, uh, processed. I needed to be matured. I needed to be focused. I needed to be strong. I need. I needed to be a whole me mm-hmm. to be able to marry a whole him. Yes. Because a lot of times we get in relationships and we give the man seventy five percent, and he want him to make up the other twenty five percent of us to make us happy. When if you ain't already happy with who you are, it's un- it's selfish and unfair of you. To want that man to make you happy and you ain't happy with yourself. Mm. And so I had to go through a process of, of learning to be happy with me, of learning to love me because I made a lot of decisions because I didn't love me. I was in a lot of relationships because I didn't love me. That healing I talked about earlier, it was healing that I needed to do. And so um, I believe during that time, the Lord healed me and processed me and purged me and, and all of the things that was necessary for me to be a whole person in order to be married to a pastor, because that's a whole nother bag of chips. Not just the married part, but married to married to a man of God who's in leadership of a church. And now you're going to be a part of this dynamic and you can't go in there half cock. You better be ready. Right. And so I just believe that um, the the whole process that I went through, um, I believe everything that we go through in our lives leads us to the next place where God has for us to go. If we allow him to direct us. Mm-hmm. Because if I would have fought the process and said, I don't care what he is. I don't care who he is. I don't care that he's a gentleman. I don't care that he's somebody I've never seen before. I don't care. All of this stuff. Right. Wait, I remember <laughs> he came to pick me up for a date and um, he came to the house. So he comes to the door, knocks on the door. I open the door and walk away. I look back and he's still on the porch. Right. I said, why you come here? Girl, listen, because the ghetto old me who don't know no better ain't used to no gentleman. Let's just be clear. 
Mm-hmm. Right. He said, you invite me in. I said, you know what? You are right. Just slip my mind. Just open the door. Come in. Come on in. Open the door. Let me come in. Right. So I allowed him in. And um, I walked further to my living room because I'm going to get my things because we can ready to go eat lunch. And he's still standing at the door. Now, I didn't open this door. I didn't told you come in. Why is you still standing? You didn't didn't invite me further. You just told me to come in. Come in. (laughs) So come on. Come in and have a seat. So I'm getting ready, sit down. He's still standing up. Sir. Okay, have have a seat. Thank you. Gentlemen, all the way through. Through and through. Never experienced this before. So right. what you have not experienced or what you have not been taught, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care what nobody say. If nobody taught it, you haven't seen it or experienced it, you don't know. Right. So that's why I'm not quick to jump on these young girls saying, don't they know? No, because they ain't seen it. They haven't experienced it and they don't know it. They don't know that a man's love don't mean that they ain't supposed to be hit. They don't know that the man's supposed to open the door and it don't make you no less of a woman if he does. They don't know that the man should pull out your chair when you get to the table and allow you to sit first and scoot your chair up because they ain't seen it, they ain't experienced it, and they ain't never been through it. And so all of these things that he did for me, I was like, oh my God. Right. I was was confused. Like, what just happened? Right. And so fast forward, the same man that I had, though, it's the same man that I still have. He ain't supposed to change because if he do that, mean it was an act. Mm -hmm. And so the process prepared me for these things because God says, "Okay, now you can handle being with somebody who knows how to treat you. Mm. Now you can handle it. Because a lot of us will get somebody like that and we'll still be in pain and we'll dog this man. Who want to love you and treat you right, but you don't know how to accept it because you're still in pain from the past. Absolutely. It is true. Absolutely. I just had this. um, My husband got on me. um, I'm just going to put it this way. In my previous relationship, I was basically both. I was a male and a female. I carried a lot. So when you now have a husband that's a real husband and he gets on you, like you do realize that you're married. You don't have to do this by yourself no more. You're like, but I'm so, you so accustomed and used to doing it on your own that you forget that you have someone to help carry the load with you. And I'm not supposed to be carrying it. I'm supposed to be helping, but not carrying it. That's right. And so even to the point of down to how I dress. He wants a whole woman. No, you ain't got to. You can wear pants, but I don't want you to know you represent me now. I, I have a, you know, I'm like. I ain't ne- wait a minute. So what? So a lot of stuff, like you said, if you're never taught this, if you're never if you've never seen it only on movies, you think it's not real. There are real men out here who want to really treat you like a queen. And um, really push you to be who you are. Like, yeah, God gave me the other day that blew my mind. First lady, he was talking about when what the scripture was talking about how he put um, Adam to sleep, and he was like, "It's not good for man to be alone." So he, you know, took the the rib out of him to make woman. Mm-hmm. And here he goes, you know, wakes up. Oh, you know, the bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. I heard it before. He said, this is the problem that we're having. Why is it important to marry the right person? Mm-hmm. Here you are putting yourself the rib in somebody else's rib cage that, that God didn't put you in. Mm-hmm. And he said, what's the point of the rib in the rib cage? This is the part that blew my mind. The rib cage is there to not only protect, support, and for a respiration. What are you saying? He can't protect you if you the wrong rib. He can't support you if you the wrong rib. And you will die because you can't breathe. Mm. I said, well, <laughs> protect your heart and your lungs to be able to, you know, function. You can't even laugh. You can't cough. You can't sneeze. If your ribs is out of place. That's right. That's right. 
it also helps with your kidneys and your liver. So that means you can't detox like you're supposed to. Right. Or you can't have function in your body if you're not protected and you're not supported. So you're wondering why you're going through and you're always in pain and in hurtful because you're in the wrong marriage. You didn't put yourself the rib in the wrong rib cage. I said, come on, Jesus. I, Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense why I didn't last. It makes sense why I was in pain and, and despairing and uh, depressed and all of these things. Cause I did that. God didn't put us together. I did that. Now, yes, he will honor marriage, but it's going to be some things you're going to have to go through. Cause you did that. That wasn't God who put you together. So the, the vow says, uh, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And so, um, the, the key word there is the key words are what God has joined together. And so basically if God did not join it together, he's not responsible for the maintenance. You are. And the maintenance on marriage is high. It's work. Very. It takes, it takes work. It is maintenance. And if God didn't join it together, then he ain't responsible for keeping it together. That's on you. You did it. You keep it together. When I do it, I'll keep it together. But at the end of the day, we jump into stuff because we lonely. We jump into stuff because we want to be wanted. We jump into stuff because some of us missed our father and we looking for this love in the man and we don't realize we're looking for a father's love and not a husband's love. And so there are so many things that um, we miss when we join ourselves or when we're going, I hear a lot of people, I'm looking for my husband, girl, stop. Because you're not supposed to be. He is the hunter. He's the one who's supposed to pers- supposed to pursue you. He's the one who's supposed to be looking. You're not supposed to be looking for nothing. You're supposed to be working. Everybody talk about Ruth and Boaz, but Ruth was working in the field. She wasn't yeah, looking yeah. for Boaz. He came and found her while she was working. And the Proverbs 31 woman was working. Okay. I'm just saying. That's just the bottom line. And so if I can just ask a quick question, I have some people texting me saying they can't get on. What do they need to do to get on here? Um, It's on the YouTube channel or you can. Um, I shared it on my Facebook page. Yeah, it's on the Facebook page. It's on my Facebook page as well. OK. All right. All right. I just sent them that. OK. Yeah. So I'm in subway into, as you say, in the working woman. Um, I know you are very successful at Mary Kay. <laughs> very successful at Mary Kay. So talk about that. So what what is your title now? So I right now am a sales director um, in Mary Kay. And the sales director is the first level uh, director. I've been in the company now for nine years. Um, I have been a senior sales director before. Um, I don't know if people know about sales, but it is one of the most challenging places um, that you can work in. And it all also depends on your market and the people that you are selling to. But God has favored me uh, with Mary Kay. I think this is my fifth car. I want to say my fifth car. Yeah, my fifth car that I won um, since I've been in. And I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that I would even win one no idea that I would even win one. It's amazing how situations will um, show you what's on the inside of you. I've heard many people say it, and it is an old saying. Um, I would give credit to the person who made it up, but this saying is probably as older than all of us. Um, you never know what's in a tea bag until you put it in hot water. And so there was a, 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 a season of our lives where uh, we needed a second car. And uh, one of the trustees at our churches had joined Mary Kay. And she invited me out to have this facial, right? So I go and I say, well, you know, the first lady got a short face to everything or people think she playing favoritism. So I go to uh, this facial thing and I, you know, I love people. I'm a people person. So, I mean, this is a great fit for me because I, I, I love people. And so I go to this facial thing and um, I'm seeing the stuff that I like. I ain't never tried Mary Kay. I ain't thought about a Mary or a Kay, period. And so I go to this Mary Kay meeting and I get the facial and put on this makeup and all this stuff. And so when I'm done, I'm like, okay, well y'all take care because, and so my members are there and they're like, lady, what you want? What you want? So my members are buying all of my stuff. I ain't had to buy not one thing. So I'm like, come on, Jesus. I got my little stuff. 
And so I said, well, let me buy something. So I bought me a couple of lip glosses or whatever. So I got my whole bag and I'm ready to go. Walking out the door. And the director says to me, let, first lady, let me talk to you for a minute. Let me talk to you. I'm like, I, I don't have time. I ain't trying to hear nothing you're saying. And at the time I did, my schedule was so super busy and it still is. Um, I was in school trying to finish up my bachelor's degree. And now I'm still in school trying to finish my master's. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Um. I'm in school and I'm, you know, doing ministry and I have children and a husband and I just got a full plate. Right. And so she talks to me and she says to me, well, what do you need? I said, well, I need a car. Now, I ain't thinking that I'm sitting, setting myself up. She said, if I can show you how to win it, will you join? So I said, you know what? OK. So I joined Mary Kay, December 2011, I joined, December 19, 2011. And <laughs> I am working this business and they have something called a red jacket, which is like mid management. So I finished that in like two weeks. So I'm like, like, wait, wait a minute. Like it was moving so fast. So the next thing you know, two months later, I'm a sales director. And then the third month, I want a new car. I'm like. So my husband couldn't believe it. First of all, when he heard I joined Mary Kay, he was like, Mary Kay, he ain't say nothing because he didn't want to discourage me. But he was just looking like, I don't believe this lady didn't join Mary Kay. Well, even up to the point where I won the car, he still couldn't believe it. Even when I printed off the paper to show I won and everything, he still couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Not until the day I went to the dealership, right? All I had to do was sign two papers, one to prove I was me. And the second one to say that I was picking up the car. That was it. No credit check. No nothing. They paid the insurance. They paid the car note. I don't pay nothing. I just drive free. Yeah. Uh huh. So I was like, what? I, I can't believe it. So then it was time to win again. I won a car, one car in March and another one in June. So the moment you level up to the next level, you can win two, three cars in one year. Wow. And then it happened again and again. And I'm t- I said, what in the Sam Jones? It's going on. Like, I I mean, it was just like, it just took off like a whirlwind and I could not believe it. Now, will I say that it did not take work? Absolutely it did. But I think anything that is worth having or anything that we desire, we should work for. It. And we are good to work for other people. But what about working for us? Yes, and and at the end of the day, people say, like, you sell America, you sell your own. Honey, she got all the product. I ain't got to worry about none of that. All I got to do is sell it and make the same thing as you and drive free. And I love what I do because I look for other women who don't really believe in themselves. And I'll be like, come on, let me show you something. I'm to this day, I'm looking for women who want to win and who won't back up if somebody say no. And I think I think I'm to the place and I think I have thick skin. And I think because of the things I've been through in my life that have developed me, pain develops you. Processes develop you. Uh, Things that you go through develop you. They make you strong. And so I think that anything that we're trying to do and when we have a desired destination, a goal that we're trying to reach, once we get to the place where we know who we are, we always cliche it and whose we are. No, when you really know whose you are for real, the person who own all this stuff, the person who says I'll withhold no good thing from you, the person who says greater is he that I'm, I'm greater on the inside of you, the person who says that if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you desires of your heart. No, we cliche it, but for real, for real, when I got chills on my arms, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you really knew who you were, you wouldn't back up from opportunities. You wouldn't back up from things that you think wouldn't work for you. As a matter of fact, you would run to it. There came a time in my business that I lost my car, right? My team wasn't doing what it needed. I lost my car and I was so devastated. Camilla, just being honest, I said, oh my God, that's never happened to me before. I was so messed up that I backed up from Mary Kay. I didn't quit, but I backed up, right? So me, you know, we get deep when we, when we want to, when we hurt. Let me pray and see if that was for a season. We get deep. Let me pray and see if, if that was God. Girl's been God. You done won three cars already talking about, is it God? Stop playing with me. Get out your feelings. Stop playing and, and see what happened. But see, this is the other part that we don't like. When, when we're successful, God will allow things to fall apart to see if you still trust him. Mm. 
God will allow it to fall apart to see if you're going to quit or if you're ready for the next level because it's going to get even harder up there. But if you quit here because of one disappointment, how are you ready to go where you're asking to go? Mm -hmm. And so I prayed about that thing. And my daughter, God will use, I promise you, God will use people. And my daughter said to me, Mama, you're supposed to be doing Mary Kay. And so I called my director and I said, I'm ready again. Do you understand the moment I said I was ready again? I had won my car back again in three months. Because I made up my mind that the disappointment was not going to defeat me. Wow. I made up my mind that if I put my hand to the plow and not look back, that I will win. And when I tell you I became a director again in two months, I can run my car again in three months. And God been blessing ever since. Wow. Sorry about that. God has just, I mean, he has blown on my business. And I, I, I've been, I've been in my, my fifth car now. I picked it up on my birthday last year. Watch this. And not only did I win the car in three months, I won it in a pandemic. Not only did I become a director in two months, I did it in a pandemic. See, God will bless even when times don't look favorable. God will bless even when it looked like things are bad all around. Hell was breaking loose. You hear me? I was in the process of winning my car when my auntie died in the hospital from COVID. I, I'm telling you, I was in the process of becoming a director when everybody was staying in the house in quarantine. Now, mind you, we do faces. Right. Face to face. Right. But I still won without ever to be able to have contact with people. Wow. Oh, God. But he want to see how far we going to trust him because we trust him until mm-hmm. not unto. Unto. Wow. Wow. And just to I'm hearing, you know, just to, to you have daughter, you have children. You have four, right? Yep. I have four at our birth. Yes, ma'am. So. Here it is. They're watching you. They're watching you. And so while in the thick of things, they're not easily moved by when they hear no or things of that nature. So here it is. I'm just going to put this out here. You have a successful dancer in your family who have danced for Miss B, Beehive, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. On um shows that you from Detroit, girl, you ain't supposed to be up here dancing with these type of folks, okay? Um, you have a successful daughter who has been on TD Jake's um competition song. I mean, who you from Detroit? That ain't supposed to be happening. And here it is, regardless of what it is, they have watched you persevere, yeah, through it all. Yeah. Through the loss of their siblings, through not giving up to a wonderful husband. I've never met him. I've seen him on stuff, but I've never met him. But I know he has been wonderful to you. Not only, you know, fashion on who you are. I told you from jump when I first met you years ago as a teenager, you were always that person that I saw in the choir. Like, who is she? I, I, I listen. Fashionable back then. Thank you. She has always been like to me that cousin that you know that big sister who always embraced. I know I don't know about nobody else, but she has always embraced me. If I needed to have a conversation with her about girl stuff, she talked to me, mm-hmm. and I would say mm-hmm. this is important that the scripture says that the you know elderly teach the young ones i need this stuff i need to know how to continue i need to know how to uh, push past the no push past the um just going through that moment and not letting um things dictate to me no i dictate to that that's what i'm supposed to be on here this earth to subdue and um have dominion no i don't i don't have to take that yes i can come in here i don't care if i was born and raised in detroit yes i don't know where this show is going but i know it's going somewhere and i'm like okay so god told me to start this that's right i don't know what he's gonna do with it all i know is i'm being obedient he said start in your circle first 
Amen. You are around powerful people all the time. This is where the six degrees of separation came in. And this is like, okay, I don't know what her bank account is, but I feel I see Angela as a millionaire, billionaire. Receive it all. I see that. Like she dressed like it. Her attitude is just like, I've never seen her, you know, go off or anything. I'm sure she got it in her, but I've never seen it. But yet and still, like she showed you, she told you, she started a ministry while she was actually going through. That ministry helped her to be able to undergird her husband. And that women's ministry, most churches are full of women anyway. So therefore, she was able to do that. She's able to cultivate the women in her church with even not just being a part of Mary Kay, but letting them be women. Understanding I've been through the pain. Yes, I did. I survived it just like you can. So when her name come up, when her name came up to me, like reach out to Angela. And just because you're in a pulpit, just because you're in a special chair, just because of all of these things, it does not matter. You're still human. You mm-hmm. still have something to say. You still have a story to tell. And I know a book is coming out of her. I know for a fact that it is. <laughs> I hear it in the spirit. Yes, I do. A book. Yes. <gasps> Lord Jesus. Yes. Yes. It didn't stop me. Yes. Absolutely. And I don't talk to her on the regular. I just know what I hear. So therefore, (laughs) that story has to be told because the people like myself, the people who's watching, the people who's listening need this education, need this ministry because we need this, especially not in not just because we're in a pandemic, but where God is taking this world, we need to be girded up in the truth. Like you don't have to make the same mistakes I made. You That's can, right. you know, overcome it. You can go over it. You can jump over it. You can flip over whatever. You don't have to go through the same pages I went through. That's right. This is the whole point of the show to connect people. You seen she's been through tragedy. I mean, I'm sure not just her daughter being um passing away. That's not the only thing she's been through. Mm-hmm. What? Going through a divorce twice. That ain't the only thing that she's been through. Mm-mm. It's so much more in her that has to be told. And even on the point of being married, a woman, just being a wife by itself, let alone a mother, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like there's things that has to be told and shared that the world needs. So I appreciate her taking the time out of her busy schedule to sit down and have a conversation with us to explore the possibilities i'm like after i got done talking to her i said shoot i need to be in mary Kay. what in the world <laughs> look come on it's 30 dollars to join <laughs> look while we got a moment it's 30 dollars to see if you'll be oh great and nothing be to try but a fail and if you don't like it then give me your 30 dollars back now what company does that <laughs> exactly i'm like after she got done talking about that i'm like i never saw myself like i talked to stacy crosby i never thought about modeling before I never actually like just being in dresses at all, but to see that these women, oh my gosh, are beautiful in their own right. They're successful business women. Stacy about to get married in two weeks. Angela has been married for how long now? 15 years in November. And she has successful children. I'm just saying we need this hope and all in the pandemic. Yeah. All yeah. in a pandemic when it's not supposed to be like this. I got That's married right. in a pandemic. Yes, One's supposed to happen. Come on now. I got a new car in a pandemic. One's supposed to happen, but it did. But it did. And so many faithful. successful. This show came out of the pandemic. Who knows? I'm just saying. So Angela, oh my gosh. She's OP. I'm I'm so excited for the things that God has continued to do for you. Like I said, the book is coming. Yeah, you are absolutely correct. It's actually in the making. There's some other, there's a lot of stuff in the making right now. I have just digressed, taken a step back um, because I do have so much going on. I'm in the process of finishing my master's degree by the end of this year. And um, 
I just, you know, people don't see me out as much and not on my page. And I'm usually, you know, really visual on Facebook and Instagram and stuff and doing, you know, lives and all those types of things. But I, one of the things about being busy is that you have to put things in their perspective places and, and you can still be visible without being visible. And, um, I am just working on things a little at a time. I actually found somebody for my book. Um, so I'm just trying to get finished with this semester. I got two more weeks in this semester and I'm just trying to get through it. And so I can get this person and stuff so that they can start working on my book. Um, and I, I definitely am. You're absolutely right. There is definitely, there's more than one book in me. Um, just trying to get one out at a time. Lord been on my head about it. Um, when you say that I, I don't, um, when you say there's a book in you, um, most people get excited and be like, that's confirmation. But confirmation is not always good news. Sometimes confirmation is God whooping your butt to say, I'm not saying this because you don't know. I'm saying this because how many times I got to tell you. Right, and so right. for me, when I smile, it's like, okay, God, I, I got it. I'm not going, I'm not going back up. I'm not going to not do it because I do realize that there is something in all of us uh, for somebody else. And until we open our mouths and say it, they won't receive what they need because I, I, everybody I is assigned to somebody. I got something else to tell you. I don't know how you feel about this, but I just heard another, um, I want to say first lady, only lady conference. Is that what you're saying? Were you teaching first ladies? That's another confirmation. Amen. I have. I, all... I really didn't want to tell you this, but... So I, I got to do what I have to do or I'm going to get in trouble. So there you stay obedient. Don't worry about people's reaction. You Woo! just be obedient. You uh, just yeah, be obedient. So, uh, the, the women's, um, because there are a lot of things that some of our women don't have thick skin. Especially in church, there are women who prey on our husbands. And um, because they want that limelight, they want the glamour, but they don't understand the the prayer stuff that has to go on in the midnight hour or, you know, covering because you are his covering. Um, they don't know all of this stuff. So um, and the warfare that comes to you because you're married to the anointing. Absolutely correct. So there's a lot of teaching that has to be taught and God is placing it before in your belly. For it to come out, um, and it's gonna be. Trust me, it's gonna sell out. Because believe it or not, a lot of women um, in ministry don't trust a lot of women, and that's a whole ball game in itself. Absolutely so correct. God is giving you the charge um, to get us get get us prepared. Amen. Um, because it has to be. Um, not just the virtuous woman, but the Esthers, the Deborahs, the all of that um, is inside of you. And Amen. so God is con- constantly telling you that you are the warrior. You have um, an ability to um, very strategic, very like commander, general, mm-hmm. uh Deborah type things that Deborah anointing the Esther anointing to be able to teach and um help women to adorn themselves to get ready to be married um that was a process in itself like you said to be able to see um when he comes his confirmation to you not you're looking but Esther knew who it was but again um that has to be taught and so God is giving you the charge for that. God is giving you the charge for your books. And um, yeah, the businesswoman that you are, God just, just didn't give you that for no apparent reason. Everybody's not anointed to be an entrepreneur. But That's again, right. That's right. Thank you again, um, God, for speaking to Angela. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you for taking the time out. Um, in this wonderful interview you have given so many nuggets on today and i appreciate you again um when that time comes i will definitely have you back on the show again next time we're going to talk about the real sisterhood we talked about that a little bit but we'll Woo! I, I don't even know if i have what listen when i tell you woman of god 
You need to do that sooner than later because people have no idea how to be sisters. It's a loose, loose, cliched word, sis, sissy, and all that crap. And people don't have any clue what what it it means to be a sister. They can't handle it. Um, That's a whole nother story for another day. My God, me. As a matter of fact, um, I just had this conversation with one of my sisters this morning. We talked about how people don't know how to be sisters. Well, I don't know what your April looks like. Just let me know what date and I will I will look. I yeah, think I I'm pretty good. You, um, after this, well, after this last um, interview, I'll um, send you some dates and then we'll um, go from there. And then that will be that whole hour that's what we're going to talk about is um sisterhood absolutely and if you even if you have somebody else that you want to charm in with the you know two double you know however three people you want to go forth with and we'll right here absolutely i will i definitely got three people absolutely we'll we'll do that so i'm um soon as i get off this last interview uh, for the day, I will give you some dates in April and we will okay. go forward to uh, go ahead and um, get that together. All right. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I speak blessings and peace over you, over your show. I pray that the reach broadens uh, exponentially and that whatever the Lord's intention for this is that it will reach that place and that it will do it suddenly. And so God bless you. Thank you again. Love you, sweetie, and look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. You are so welcome. Love you. All right. Bye-bye.